Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey everyone, it's just me today. Brian Davis here from Spark Rental, and Denny is out of town. She is camping today with her family, and she was actually, she was thinking about trying to use this Facebook Live slash podcast broadcast as a as an excuse to come home early, but it turns out she's actually enjoying camping, so uh, she, she's not coming home early. And uh, we're going to keep it somewhat quick today. I'm going to pack a lot of information into a, a short broadcast today, so we're going to move pretty quickly here, but one quick announcement. We are actually going to be starting to launch or uh, put these out there as a podcast and videocast, uh, not just a Facebook Live broadcast. So there'll be multiple ways to watch every week or to uh, to listen in. So we'll be releasing some more information about that as we go here. But we're going to continue doing it Facebook Live, broadcasting it live every week, 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, to keep it interactive. So you guys can ask questions and participate in this. And on that note, let me know where you're tuning in from. I love to hear that stuff. Bring your questions. I always like to uh, keep this as interactive and as, as much about you guys as possible. So last week, Denny and I talked about the funny weed and landlords. We talked to marijuana and how that impacts landlords and what landlords can do to minimize the risk of smoke damage and other risks associated with uh, pothead tenants. This week, I'm going to talk to you guys all about how to diversify your real estate portfolio and six relatively easy ways to do that. So we're going to jump right in here. First tactic to diversify your real estate portfolio is an oldie but goodie, and that's buying public REITs. So REITs stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts, and they are publicly traded on stock exchanges. You can log into your online brokerage account and buy as many shares as you like of any public REIT. So super liquid, super easy and quick to buy and sell. Also makes it really easy to diversify because different REITs operate in different geographical regions or different sectors of the market. You've got commercial real estate REITs, residential REITs, you know, large apartment complexes, some that own or, uh, small single family rentals. So you can diversify your real estate investments very easily. They're also regulated by the SEC, which delivers some measure of comfort. Doesn't mean that you won't lose money, of course, <laughs> but there is some comfort in knowing that these investments are regulated by the SEC. They do pay strong dividends as opposed to your typical stocks or typical index funds. Uh, and of course, you can buy them with whatever cash you happen to have on hand. You don't have to have ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars as a down payment in order to buy a REIT. You can take the extra fifty bucks or a hundred bucks you have sitting in your, your checking account and buy shares of a REIT with it. So you can get started with a lot less money with public REITs. Now they do come with some downsides as well. First of all, they're volatile, right? I mean, they're, they're traded on public exchanges, public stock exchanges. So they bounce around, the prices bounce around just like stock prices do. And it reduces the 
uh, the benefits of diversification because they tend to move with the stock market as opposed to if you own a property directly. Housing markets don't necessarily move in sync with stock markets, which is one of the ways that the diversification conserves you, right? Because there's that lower correlation between how the asset prices move. But REITs do tend to move more in sync with stock markets than direct housing prices. The other downside to public REITs is because they're regulated by the SEC, they tend to see very little price growth and appreciation because by law, they are required to pay out 90% of their profits in the form of dividends. So that doesn't leave them much in the way of profits for growth, you know, for going out and buying additional properties to grow the portfolio. So some of the pros and cons of public REITs. Now, you can also nowadays invest in private REITs. So these are not publicly traded on stock exchanges, these are actually, the shares are sold directly by the REIT manager, by the the trust manager. So these tend to be more stable and less correlated with stock market pricing, but they also make it easy to diversify, right? You can buy shares in private REITs that specialize in office space or, you know, other commercial real estate, residential real estate, uh, whatever, uh, and any geographic area. So it makes it easy to diversify just like public REITs. And just like public REITs, there's often only a small minimum investment required. Now, this, these tend to be a little higher than the public REITs. With public REITs, it's just the price of a share. That's your minimum cash investment. With private REITs, many of them do require a minimum investment of 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, 5,000 bucks, you know, sometimes more. Uh, so there is more of a minimum minimum investment, but it's not like going out and having to put a full down payment on a rental property. Uh, and one of the upsides here is that less regulation, lower regulation means that these REITs are flexible. They can go out and put more of their profits into growing the portfolio, into building or buying more properties um, and seeing that growth and that appreciation as opposed to being forced to funnel all of the, the profits back out to investors in the form of dividends immediately. So they do tend to, they do tend to offer good, strong, different dividends, um, but they also have the flexibility to go out and build their portfolio. Now they do have their own downsides. Of course, no such thing as a perfect investment out there. They are not as liquid as publicly traded REITs. You can't necessarily sell your shares at any moment. You are at the mercy of the REIT manager on how they allow you to sell your shares. Sometimes there's a minimum investment period and often it's long. It could be five years, could be even longer than five years. So they're not very liquid. There's also, there's a downside to that less regulation too, right? So the upside is that the fund manager has the flexibility to go out and put profits towards buying more properties, but downside of less regulation is there's less oversight. So they could, you know, take the money and run to Mexico, right? <laughs> so there are a couple of these private REITs that we like. That I personally invest in. I'll share a couple links there. So one of those is Fundrise. I've got some of my own money tied up in Fundrise and so far I've been happy with the dividends and with the growth. Uh, I also like Streetwise, which is more of a commercial real estate REIT. So I had a link to that as well there. Uh, but these are a couple that I have invested some of my own money in them. So, you know, walking the walk, not just talking the talk here. All right, moving on. Third way to diversify your real estate portfolio, crowdfunded real estate debt. 
So this is where lenders will raise the money to lend out loans to real estate investors by raising that money through crowdfunding, through people like you and me. So we go out and we can put 10 bucks, 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever, toward these loans and have a, a small share of money into these larger real estate investment loans. And often these are two real estate investors like you and me, you know, people like us go and, and borrow money to buy properties through these lenders and the lenders turn around and raise the money through crowdfunding. But you can participate as on the lending side here, not just the, you know, the direct real estate investor side. So some of the upsides to that are that your investment is secured with a lien against the property. So the lender can always foreclose, right? And uh, this also makes it easy to diversify. You can have money, uh, lent out to a whole bunch of different properties all across the country or even the world potentially. And like REITs, you can invest with a small minimum investment. In some cases, as little as $10, like ground floor, for example. Uh, I have lent money through them before. I actually still have some money tied up in some loans with them. And I think the minimum investment with them is 10 bucks. So you can get started investing in real estate, at least indirectly, with very little money. Uh, and these are often short-term loans. Often these are those those purchase rehab loans, fix and flip loans. So these loans, the, the term for these loans are under a year. So you get your money back much faster than, say, going out and investing in a private REIT that might have a five-year minimum investment period. Now, they come with downsides too, of course, right? These are not liquid. You can't just click a button and get your money back <laughs> when you invest in these crowdfunded real estate loans. Uh, and of course, there's a risk of default. A borrower could decide to stop paying their loan payments every month. And then the lender would have to go through the foreclosure process, which is expensive and time consuming and rack a bunch of legal fees. So there is, of course, a risk of default, as with any loan that you make. Uh, so again, the company that I have invested with in the past here is Ground Floor. And that's uh, groundfloor.us. So give them a shot if you want to spread a little bit of money around in the form of private, or, or uh, not private, but crowdfunded real estate debt. You can, however, in number four here, you can invest directly in real estate debt through private notes. So if you personally know other real estate investors who you trust and respect, and they have a good track record of making money on their real estate investments, you can lend them money directly in the form of a private note. I've done this as well with some friends of mine who have a strong track record with their real estate investments. And you can negotiate whatever terms you like. Great upside, right? It's totally flexible. You get to set your own terms, your own interest rate, uh, your own liquidity rules on, on when you want the money back, uh, what the loan terms are, etc. Uh, and it's based on trust because you know the the actual real estate investor who's taking that money and using it to buy properties. So that trust is invaluable. Now, of course, there are some downline, downsides here too. You know, typically it's not super liquid. You can't just click a button and get your money back. Um, and in many cases, it's not secured by a lien. Sometimes it's more trouble than it's worth to actually record a lien for these private notes. Now you can do it, um, but not always. It's not always something that you feel the need to do or go through the hassle and expense of doing. Uh, and of course, there's the risk of default, like any other loan that you make. All right, the fifth way to diversify your real estate investment portfolio, real estate syndications. So 
with this, typically there's a, a large real estate deal that the syndicator syndicator is going out and buying, right? It could be an apartment complex or a big office complex, uh, but a large property, very expensive and, you know, costing more money than they necessarily want to go out and borrow from the bank or from one place. Um, so they sell off fractional shares of the ownership to people like you who participate and put some money towards it. So you end up owning this large property with a bunch of other people, including the syndicator who's running the deal. And you can potentially see very high returns on this, right? So, you know, going out and buying huge apartment complexes, there's not a whole lot of competition there because not many people can afford to do it, unlike going out and buying single family rentals, right? So it's a path to owning shares in big, potentially high return properties that would otherwise be out of reach for you. Now, there are some downsides here too, of course. It's not liquid. Typically, your money is tied up for at least five years. And these are usually only available to accredited investors. And if you're not familiar with that term, accredited investors are people who are wealthy and who meet certain qualifications with the SEC. So they must have a net worth of at least a million dollars or have earned at least $200,000 a year for the last several years for single people, at least $300,000 a year for the last several years for married couples. So average mom and pop investor does not qualify as an accredited investor and cannot participate in most real estate syndication deals. Big downside for most of us, right? All right, the sixth and final way to diversify your real estate portfolio is by buying long distance turnkey properties outside of your existing market. Most real estate investors buy locally, right? They feel more comfortable buying in their hometown where they can go and physically look at the property before buying and maybe manage it themselves locally. But that doesn't leave you with much diversification. What happens if your home city suffers a, a major economic downturn or collapse? Maybe I'll give you an example. Some college towns are in a lot of trouble right now because some expensive private colleges are folding. They're going out of business. And if they're the primary employer in that town, then that town's in trouble. I mean, all the people who own student housing in that town, are they're in trouble. People who own faculty housing in that town are in trouble. And everyone else is in trouble too because the town is not going to be able to support economically all of those support businesses that cater to the university and its staff, its students, its faculty, et cetera. So buying properties long distance can be a great way to diversify your real estate portfolio, get you exposure to other markets, not just your home market. So a couple upsides here, um, you get to buy properties in other locations and potentially even see higher returns then in your home market, you know, for example, investors in San Francisco have not seen strong rental returns for quite some time now, super overpriced market compared to rents. So, you know, as much as, as tenants complain about how high rents are in San Francisco, property prices are way higher relatively. So those people often want to go invest in more affordable markets with better cap rates. And you can do that by buying long distance turnkey properties. Now the downside to long distance turnkey properties is that you can't see the properties with your own eyes. I mean, you can have proxies go through there for you like realtors or agents on the ground that work with you and you can do video tours and virtual tours and all that good stuff. 
but it's not quite the same uh, as walking through the property on your own, smelling the moisture problem with your own nose and saying, hmm, maybe there's a deeper problem here than what the photos or videos are showing, right? So that is a risk when you buy properties long distance. You just don't have the same control over it. You don't have the same comfort level. Now, there are some platforms to make it easy to buy properties long distance, the most famous of which is Roofstock. And we'll put a link to that in the comments as well here. Um, Roofstock is a marketplace for buying and selling turnkey rental properties. They include a ton of information, um, make it super easy for you to buy properties long distance. And, um, you know, inspection reports, home inspection reports, appraisals often, uh, detailed market data on that, that market, how rents have changed, how property prices have changed, all kinds of great data for you to dig into. Another way, another source of long distance deals you might check out, there's a company called Asset Column that sells turnkey properties around the country. They're worth checking out as well. I included a link to them here in the comments as well. Now, before we wrap up, there is a bonus, uh, a bonus way to diversify your assets that you know, we can't wrap up without mentioning, and that's stock index funds, right? I mean, you need, you need more in your investment portfolio than just real estate. I know it pains me as a real estate investor to say that, but it's true. And you need exposure to more uh, types of assets than just real estate. So you don't need any skill to buy index funds. It's the easiest way to invest in the world. You can buy funds that just mimic the S&P 500, for example, or the Russell 2000 uh, or international uh, indexes. So you can actually do this completely automated through a robo-advisor. I use Schwab's robo-advisor. It's completely free. Uh, there are other free robo-advisors out there you can use as well. Sophie Invest is another good example of uh, good free robo-advisors. But go out and get some exposure to the stock market as well, not just real estate. If your portfolio right now is almost all real estate, you do want some diversification in stocks and not just diversification among your real estate holdings. And there are other, you can actually buy index funds or, or stock funds that do give you some indirect exposure to real estate as well. You know, for example, hotels own a lot of real estate, right? They own a lot of properties. So you can go out and buy funds that own a bunch of hotel companies. And that can give you some extra diversification within the real estate field. But you know, with a slightly different bent than going out and buying properties yourself. On that note, I'm going to wrap things up. I'm actually went <laughs> talking here longer than I was planning on today. Thank you so much for joining us. And Denny will be back next week. It won't just be me sitting here talking at you. So you'll see her next week as well. And we'll be here same time, 2 p.m. or 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And we will be starting to broadcast this uh, these episodes live as podcasts as well so keep an eye out for our podcast will be called live on rents the live on rents podcast on uh, itunes stitcher wherever you listen to podcasts and we will catch you next week did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate it's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long but packed with information Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah.